0: Good morning, Trinity. Thank you, Sheila. Beautiful prelude, beautiful preludes, lovely. We welcome you to church this morning on this Pentecost Sunday, fourth Sunday after Pentecost. We're so glad you're here. Uh, People here in this building and online and uh, all sorts of things going on around the world. And Ruth Pelham some years ago wrote a song called Turning of the World. And uh, if you catch on to it as we go, you're more than welcome to sing along um, about turning of the world as one. Together, it can happen. Turning of the world.
1: Let us sing this song for the turning of the world that we may turn as one with every voice with every song we will move this world along and our lives will feel the echoes of its turning with every voice with every song Along with every voice, with every song, we will move this world along, and our lives will feel the echo of our turning. We just change one word, let us sing this song for the healing of the world, that we may heal as one. With every voice with every song we will move this world along and our lives will feel the echoes of our healing With every voice with every world along and our lives will feel the echoes of our healing one more let us sing this song for the loving of this world that we may love
2: Morning. morning welcome you all to worship uh, good to be together this morning um, uh, say hello to all those people online we've got the Dotsons on the East Coast we have the uh, Knights on the West Coast we've got Auntie Fay and east side of uh, Seattle and so many others and we're so very thankful for that online community who joins us as well uh, honored by your presence thank you for being here this morning Uh, You see that we're we're dressed and ready for a baptism. That'll be at the next service, though. Uh, Baptism at the next service, and we have beautiful music and uh, good to be together as God's people. The order of service printed before you. Everything will be projected for you as well. If it's comfortable for you, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We lift our voices in song, our gathering hymn, O oh, sing to God above. So
0: this first song, this first song is, uh, comes from the uh, wonderful canon of Hispanic uh, music in the church. Cantemos al Señor. I'm gonna teach you a little bit of that first verse and a little bit of the refrain, and then we'll sing the song. So
1: sing after me. O oh, sing to God above, a hymn of joyful greeting. Your turn. Oh, sing to God above a hymn of joyful greeting. Second line. A song of grateful love in the new day's light repeating. A song of grateful love in the new day's light repeating. So the next set of lines goes
0: exactly the same tune. And then we get to the refrain, which goes like this.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah, sing that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, or sing to God above. Hallelujah, or sing to God above. Hallelujah.
0: Happens twice each time, which actually, just as it's printed, they did such a fine job back in the booth. Well done. Oh, uh, sing to God above. Cantemos al Señor. Oh,
1: sing to God above a hymn of joyful. Grief.
2: Prayer that we share in the morning when it's sung, prayer is called the Curiae Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. We pray God's presence into our lives. <laughs> life flows on an endless song.
1: But for my joys and comforts die.
2: us pray. Gracious and loving God, give us voice that we might sing your praises. Give us wisdom that we might learn patience. Give us compassion that we might learn to forgive. Give us strength that we might go forth from this place of worship to find our places of service. Send now your Holy Spirit. Bless Howard as he is baptized and bless all who have been baptized into the priesthood of all believers. We pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Please be seated.
3: The first lesson is from the eighth chapter of Romans. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If we in fact suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him we know that the whole creation has been groaning together as it suffers together the pains of labor. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what one has already seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. And God, who searches hearts, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God the word of the lord
0: thank you sandy heart of mystery there's a refrain that will be on the wall um song about uh moving this world together kind of like the Prelude song Heart of Mystery, sing along on those refrains. Maybe wait for the first one to go by and join us after that.
1: Let us take hands and dry the water. Let us share hearts and sail the sea. Let our love stand the test As we fathom the rest of the mystery It takes many hands to build a temple It takes many hands to roll the sea It takes many hearts from many lands To shape our destiny We must risk a little of our safety or we'll have nothing left to risk it all. To love is the greatest commandment, to love as the Lord of all. Let us hands to try the take hands and try. We nurture that love with tender care, we listen and let God remind us, you find your treasure where your heart is. Now let us discover the heart of our neighbor far and near, see God's light in every creation with gracious love drawn near. Let us take hands and try the water. Let us share hearts and sail the sea. Let our love stand the test as we fathom.
4: So a few moments ago, someone asked me, uh, is this going to be a long sermon? <laughs> I, uh, I flashed back to many years ago, a couple, you know, out of the neighborhood, needs a wedding to happen. So he began by telling me what he does not want to have happen during the wedding service. You know, we don't want any of that scripture stuff. We don't want any of this. We don't want any of that. You know, you know, you know sign the papers. And he said, how much is this going to cost? I said, $1,000. He says, that's a lot of money. I says, it's inverse formula. The shorter the service, the higher the cost. <laughs> and he said, preacher, take your time. <laughs> now, that has nothing to do with the service, but I just needed to collect myself from the music. I just needed a moment. So thank you. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Patty was emphatic. She said, I want to know what's going to happen. And as if the moment needed greater emphasis, she was sticking her finger, poking her finger into my chest. I'm serious. Tell me what's going to happen when I die. Now, I can still feel that spot, literally, where she just kept poking me in the chest. Her cancer had reemerged, and her months had crashed into weeks and then into days, and she was an old high school friend. And as fate would have it, 30 years later, our lives converged, and I ended up being her pastor at the end of her life. I want to know. So for almost 50 years, I have prepared sermons for Sunday services, weddings, funerals, special occasions, and for most of that time, I did so with really the unspoken agenda that I was supposed to convince you of something. Let the words of the gospel speak to your hearts from the 14th chapter of John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. The Gospel of the Lord. So I had this notion that somehow it was my responsibility to convince you, to convince every congregation, to convince every hearer of the last 50 years for whom a sermon was prepared, that somehow it was my responsibility to convince you of something, and that's really, really, it came to the knowledge and the insight and the revelation, that was utter nonsense. Utter nonsense, it was drivel, my job to convince you. Somewhere along the line, thanks be to God, I was reminded that it is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to convince you of any truth, it is the job of the preacher just to proclaim it. Proclaim that God has given us a gift of love in the very person Jesus. Now, I suspect that this insight was in some measure prompted by Martin Luther's words that were crafted in his meaning to the third article of the Apostles' Creed. And many of you have heard me say those words because they came to shape my life and faith and my understanding of how God's kingdom comes to us. I believe that I cannot, by my own understanding or effort, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it united with Jesus Christ in the one true faith, you can look up the rest and see how it ends. But Patty was emphatic, sticking her finger in my chest. I want to know what's going to happen when I die. So Jesus' words in John 14 became a regular devotional prayer that we were to offer up with the belief, the conviction, the hope that that which is yet unseen, as Paul wrote about it, will not disappoint us. My prayer was much more vulgar and simple. It was, come on, God, don't let us down on this one. And I go and prepare a place for you, said Jesus, became that devotional prayer. But what was more important for Patty was these words. I will come again, and I will take you that where I am, you may be also. The promise was that we would never be alone. So I promised my friend Patty. Paul wrote, hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for that which he already has? But if we hope for that which we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Now given in Patty's circumstances, it was understandable why she was impatient. I want to know. I would go in late at night to sit with Patty, to keep vigil with her. After a couple hours of sitting alone with my friend in her hospital room, I looked over and was startled to see her face turn towards me and she was smiling do you want to tell me what you're smiling about, Patty? And in a voice that had not been heard for two or three days, she said, you brought your friend with you tonight. And I said, yes, I did. She closed her eyes and soon was gone. The Holy Spirit calls us through the gospel. That is, calls us through the good news of God's desire to bless us with a promise, the promise that life is not interrupted by death, that we are claimed by our Lord. And so I was reminded, it's God's way to bless us with joy long before we can explain it. The joy that filled her heart with a sense of trust. Grace, past tense, has saved us long before we know how to say, I believe. Grace saved us long before we learned how to say, I'm thank you, or thank you, Lord. Long before we learned to kind of revel in the joy of what it means, grace came to us before, long before we understood it. So that's the economy of God's plan. We get to experience joy long before we can explain it. So here's your word of the week. Your word of the week is "durs." Durs. You see that, Durs. You don't know what durs are? You haven't hung out with a two year old recently in a land where there are deer. This is what it looks like. Listen for the joy in the voice. There's two voices. It looks like when you dance. <laughs> That's joy. That is a, you cannot will yourself to have joy. You can will yourself to be happy, but joy is a spiritual gift. It is something given to us. You can't create it on your own. Joy is a gift. Dear Lord in heaven, thank you for your grace that has covered decades of bad preaching where Somehow, the preacher believed it was their responsibility to convince anyone of some theological truth or insight other than the joy of reveling, and Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Now, Thomas, Thomas, the disciple Thomas, I think he gets a bad rap. He's called the doubter, you know, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and I put my finger where the nails were and I put my hand into the side, I will not believe it? Well, Caravaggio, a Renaissance painter, this is called the incredulity of Thomas, of St. Thomas. You know, Baroque art can look rather gross and offensive and very visceral. But there is a message in this. There's something poetically beautiful. There's something profound here. Lord, we don't know where you're going, said Thomas. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way if we don't know where you're going? This is the same Thomas who uttered those words, who said, I will not believe unless I can put my hand in his side. Thomas was called the twin. It's a nickname derived from an Aramaic word which means twin. And due to his mission work in India, Jesus, or Thomas became known as the spiritual twin of Jesus. Jesus invites him into the joy of the good news of his resurrection. And in the painting, can you put it back up one more time, please? Can you put it back up? Notice how Jesus gently, lovingly takes the hand of Thomas and inserts it into his side. He wants him to know exactly the promise has been fulfilled for him. It's, a, it's, it's kind of... It's visceral, but in this there is, there is a joy meant for Thomas to experience. Thank you. Thank you for that. The joy is your need has been fulfilled by God who has come to you in the flesh. Caravaggio has this way of creating those pictures that just speak to the heart of what's important. Jesus lovingly takes the hand of Thomas, and inserts it into his side. To Thomas' question, Jesus says, Thomas, I am the way. There is no, in Thomas, no resurrection theology. He's not prepared to captain a missionary movement in India. He is a simple man who missed the resurrection appearance with the other 11. He's not a doubter. He is like us, a searcher who is asking questions not too dissimilar from Patty's question. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. At the 10 o'clock service, Howie, Howard Alexander, will be baptized. Will he understand what's happened to him with water and the word? No. But yet, he will learn that he has been woven into a holy story with water and the word that have been spoken over him and experienced with him. And the promise is is that God has made a commitment that we can trust in that. We can trust. Will the parents be faithful? Hopefully. Hopefully. Will everyone in the church be faithful to him? Hopefully. But ultimately, Jesus will be faithful to him because Jesus is the way, and in the waters of baptism, we are placed literally on the way. Jesus will meet him with the experiences of grace and joy long before he will understand them. When Patty challenged me with, I want to know, I think she was asking for something different than words. She wasn't asking for a creed, a confession. Her need was, as she faced her death, was to not know words, but to know what she could trust in. Whom could she trust in? Patty wanted to know, could she trust in the friend who came that night that she saw with her in the room? When Jesus says, believe in me, he says, trust in me. Not a creed, not a theology, certainly not a preacher. Trust Jesus, who said he is the way, the truth, and the life. Since Jesus is the way, and we are on the way, then this is heaven, and our friend Jesus is here with us today. I find joy in trusting that confession actually far more than I can explain it. God is good all the time. time. Amen. Stay
0: seated and join in on the refrain.
1: and I will raise
2: you to stand if it's comfortable as we lift our hearts to god in prayer Uh, sandy's going to lead us in the prayers we have a sung response let your joy fill my heart we'll sing that once now and then return to it after each petition let us pray
3: you have come to us in the stillness, in the boisterous laughter, in the passing glance, in the tears of wonder. You have been present when we least expected it, and when we most longed for you in our despair. We open our hearts in thanks and in hope, hope that we would be present to the joy that you have let loose in the world, even before we understood. In amazement, we pray.
1: Let your joy fill my heart as we lift our prayers to you. Let your joy fill my heart as we lift our prayers to
3: you. As the world turns, let us acknowledge the joy in difference in variety and in diversity. We are all made in your image, O God, and your image spans the spectrum of our understanding. The challenge and joy you have set in front of us is to see, know, and hear those who we have named the other. Let us risk the act of truly welcoming all races, nationalities, genders, and non-binary expressions of your image as we realize our joy will increase, the more we know all you have created good. In gratitude, we pray.
1: Let As
3: we live, holy God, guide us to be stewards of this creation as you have called us to be. As we seek to expand our understanding of an Eden our greed has spent a lifetime uncreating, open to us the blessings of renewing our home. In wonder, we pray. Let your joy as we live
1: Your joy. My heart. Lift our
3: to you. Bring peace to those in any need and comfort those who grieve. Bring hope and healing to those who are ill. Inspire us to peacemaking and reconciliation, reparation of all that has been torn asunder and give us strength and vision to repair what has been torn. Give any in positions of power or leadership the boldness to always seek peace and a just resolution of conflict. In hope, we pray. Singing our love, we offer these prayers, trusting in your promise to always be our companion on the journey to joy. Amen. Amen.
2: The peace of the Lord be with you. you. Share a sign of peace and greeting. Thank you uh, for sharing. Thank you for sharing in that greeting of the peace. After the service, I uh, would encourage you, come on over in the gym for coffee hour, get some coffee, get some cookies, uh, and visit together, spend a little time visiting together. You also go out in the courtyard, I don't know if the sun has promised, sun has broken through yet. but. Courtyard would be a nice spot to be day too. The door is unlocked out there, so you go out there. We also have the summer surveys going, and this is very simple this week. Uh, these are on the table, and the high tables, on the round tables, on the uh, greeting table in the narthex. North summer surveys, our church council is... Uh, Uh, trying to get us all talking and thinking about who we are and who we want to be and where we're headed. And so uh, take a little time around the tables in there, talk to each other, get to know each other. And uh, you can go ahead and fill those out. There's a box on the table in the Narthex, a fancy box by Marcy Bovich. You can drop those in there. And every one of these will be read by the executive committee of our church council and me. Every week. So uh, do take part in that if that works for you. Uh, service this uh, Wednesday for Gloria Hartnett, a uh, longtime member of our church. Uh, her um, funeral is this Wednesday, uh, June 28th at 2 p.m., right here. If you can sign up to help with that, there's a sign up sheet out in the narthex uh, for that. So you can see that um, as well. I'm going to call on Deacon Amy. I think she's got a few things for us just back from.
5: Holden Village. (laughs) Uh, We had a wonderful time in Holden last week, took a group of 19 members from our church, all ages up to Holden, and enjoyed a beautiful, beautiful place that is up there. So if you ever have the opportunity, I encourage you to go and see what Holden is all about. So coming up this week, we do have youth groups. Our high school group meets on Sundays at 11.30. We'll be meeting today. And then our middle school group meets on Wednesdays at 4 o'clock. So if you have any young ones in your lives who would like to participate, they are always welcome. We just hang out for a time of games and just uh, fun being together. And then coming up is Vacation Bible School, July 17th to 21st. There's a flyer on the table in the Narthex. There's also registration sheets. Uh, VBS Day Camp is for our sixth to 12th graders who want to come help with VBS in the morning. And then stick around for field trips and activities in the afternoon. And Vacation Bible School is pre-K to ninth grade or to fifth grade from nine to noon. There's also yellow half sheets if you'd like to volunteer for a day or two, or stay for the week, um, or come and talk with me if you have any questions. Thank you.
2: All right. Thank you. And thank you for your support. Uh, appreciate the support. We, we do this all together, and uh, this week we, you'll see a couple new checks out there, $1,500 right close to home to senior services, Island Senior Services, to help them with their ministry. And we sent $2,000 off more now in Ukrainian uh, aid to help Ukrainian refugees. Uh, we're right about $150,000 now we've given away to the Ukrainian effort. Uh, so thank you. We can only do that uh, with you. Uh, Ron and Rindy Stewart, right over here, it's their 46th wedding anniversary. Ron and Rindy, have I had that right? Happy anniversary to you. Now I got to tell you though, when they were married uh, 46 years ago, where was that? All right, St. Mark's Episcopal Church. Made Lutherans out of you, ultimately. when, when you were married, Bill and Kay Anderson were celebrating that same time, their 19th wedding anniversary. So that means for Bill and Kay, uh, this is 65 years now. They were, they were married on June 28, 1958, Duluth, Minnesota, in the Lutheran Church, and uh, they've been in the Lutheran Church ever since. 65 years they've been married, 33 of those with us, because they joined our church in March of 1990. And we've been blessed by your presence in so many ways. And I looked it up today. The number one song, the the big songs when you guys got married were Valare and All I Have to Do is Dream by the Everly Brothers. (laughs) 65 Years of Dreaming, Bill and Kay, happy anniversary to you. We're going to invite you to stand now as we move towards the end of the service and we share the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. As you depart now from this place of worship, go out those doors and find your own place of service. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And our sending him. what a fellowship, what a joy divine.